Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Alexis Williams. I'm one of the co-founders of Business Skills for Health Professionals. And welcome to our first ever podcast. It's called Beyond Clinical. So we're going to be interviewing health professionals who've made career transitions into unique areas of business and industry and really just moved beyond clinical. So we'll be hearing their stories and getting their tips, and hopefully that will inspire you to pursue non-traditional careers. Um, business Skills for Health Professionals is here to help you with courses, coaching, and community to empower you to become more business savvy and feel confident pursuing unique careers. So I'd like to introduce my first guest, uh, Kristen Sundstrom. Thanks for being the first guest. Um, Kristen is a registered dietitian and a graduate of McGill University in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. She's currently a solutions expert in the area of wellness at a company called Dialogue, a Canadian virtual care company and wellness company that focuses in the employer space. So I'll let Kristen share more about her journey. So welcome, Kristen, and let's dive in. Oh, hi. Thank you so much, Alexis, for having me. It's so nice to be here. So I'm really looking forward to chatting a little bit more about, you know, my career, but also looking forward to, you know, further guests that you'll have on your podcast, because I think this is such an interesting kind of conversation for us all to be having about different, you know, career paths that we can be pursuing as healthcare professionals. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So Let's start off with a fun question to warm us up a little bit. What's something that you have coming up this fall that you're excited about? It, it doesn't have to be work-related. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think first, it's just coming to terms that summer's over. There's a bit of a grieving period, you know, that's my favorite yes. season. But I think as you can relate, you know, we're both dietitians, is that fall is the best, you know, for cooking, for baking, you know, it's just kind mm -hmm. of fall season, different flavors. So I recently bought this new cookbook it's called pizza wine salad I'm not sure if you've, if you've heard of it so I'm just going to try to be making some new recipes but I don't have any big plans you know other than that just you know really time to kind of stay in a bit more um which I'm looking forward to uh which should, yeah. be, should be fun yeah that's awesome working your way through a new cookbook I love that as a goal <laughs> exactly it's easy it's it's cheap you do it at home so yeah, yeah that's, great that, those are my nothing super exciting but that's kind of uh, always something fun to kind of do when the cooler weather yeah. comes around. Nice. So I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about your career path and your journey as a health professional kind of into more of a business setting. Yeah, absolutely. More than happy to. So I think if I go back to, you know, why I decided to pursue a degree, you know, in nutrition and dietetics, I think it's something that a lot of people can probably relate to is that you pursue a degree based off what your interests are, you know, so mine being as, as you can probably tell, you know, is, you know, I love food. I love cooking, love nutrition, also fascinated by healthcare. So that was always something that I was drawn to, you know, the field of dietetic dietetics, nutrition, and kind of, kind of that area. Um, when I was pursuing, you know, my degree, I loved the, kind of the subject matter that we were learning, you know, nutrition, biochemistry, physiology, clinical nutrition, and, you know, its application. It was something that I loved to do. I kind of couldn't get enough of it. But then something that I noticed is when I would do my first clinical internships that I had, you know, all this knowledge that I was so passionate about, you know, I couldn't wait to now go and take everything that I learned in the classroom and then go speak to patients, go speak to, you know, my dietitian preceptor about, 
And I very much started to realize that the application in clinical practice, at least in my experience, made me feel a bit limited. You know, it seemed to be about, okay, let's see as many patients as possible. Let's ask not that many questions and let's, you know, prescribe nutrition supplements and kind of let's get, let's get on with it a little bit is how I felt. And this is again, Mm. just my own experience, you know, others felt differently as well. And so I kind of felt like I had all this knowledge, but not the right place to apply it. Um, So then I'm sure as you can appreciate, you know, the great thing about the dietetics curriculum in Canada and and the program is that there's a clinical track and that's obviously the, you know, the, the main focus, but there's also a management track. So I felt like when we were kind of speaking about now the application of nutrition and healthcare and organizations. So for example, in food industry, kind of similar to, you know, your career, Alexis, which was so so incredible and and really inspiring being at Loblaws, um, but also maybe in a pharmaceutical company, or maybe it's in healthcare leadership. That's something that always really appealed to me. You know, I'm like, okay, I know I have the foundations. Now, where do I go and apply that? But then, as I'm sure you can probably appreciate as well, there's not a ton of entry-level career opportunities if that's the path that you want to take. Mm -hmm. You know, usually if you're looking for roles in industry, it's very much, okay, you need to have five to seven years as a program manager, maybe at a hospital, maybe at a clinic. And so there was definitely these, you know, kind of questions that I had where I was like, if I even want to do this after I graduate, what am I, what's my next step? You know, it was Mm -hmm. a little bit of a, a black box. And that was kind of a little bit scary, um, you know, to, to, yeah. to not know. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure. Did you kind of feel like that too, when you were in school a little bit, did you always know that you wanted to do something a bit more in, in industry or. I did. Yeah. And you're right. Like I hear this a lot from clients that they don't know where to get started you know, if Mm -hmm. if they're coming out of school and they know they want to be in maybe a different track of the profession, it's like, yeah, what do you even look for? Um, and how do you kind of get started? My experience was a bit different because I did work clinical for kind of five years, but I did do some entrepreneur work on the side. So that kind of helped with, I guess, keeping my business acumen and passion alive. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a challenging way to kind of know that you want to go somewhere and not know how to get there. So how did you, I guess, like kind of, you know, make that transition? So I think it's, it's interesting. Like one thing started to change and become a little bit more clearer was actually interestingly enough when the pandemic hit. So, you know, Mm. so I was still finishing my studies at that time, but then all of a sudden I started to see this new kind of industry that I never really, you know, kind of like noticed before or thought too much Mm -hmm. about, which is really digital health and health technology companies. So Mm -hmm. now that, you know, the traditional healthcare system was becoming overwhelmed that you couldn't, you know, go in and see your doctor um, because their clinics were shuttered or whatnot. There was all these health, digital health companies that were kind of coming into the spotlight and solving some of these challenges. And this was something that I just thought was so cool. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, hey, like technology fascinates me health fascinates me. Why not go work for a health technology company? That was kind of my mission. And so I'm kind of a bit of like an opportunist person. So when the pandemic hit, all my clinical internships were actually canceled in the summer. So I just reached out to every single digital health company that I could find basically in Canada (laughs) and and asked them for an internship. Yeah. I was like, Hey, like I'm not, I'm a dietetic student. Like I have a lot of knowledge in the physical healthcare world. 
I'm sure I can add some value in the, mm-hmm. in the digital health care world, right? You know, how, yeah. how hard could it be was really kind of what I thought. And it's interesting because again, it was harder than I thought because these, you know, internship applications or even for entry-level positions, they weren't looking for people with a healthcare background. They're looking people with a business background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really had to kind of, you know, sell myself a little bit yeah. I had to kind of look inwards and say, okay, I have a lot of these core healthcare professional skills, but how do those translate into the business world in this industry that I really want to work in? Mm-hmm. So and kind of kind of coming full circle is and I'll I'll, sh- I'll share another challenge and something that I find really fascinating when I was then digging a little bit deeper into some digital health companies I started to notice that they didn't some of them didn't value healthcare leadership yes you know they were they ended up not being really a healthcare uh, technology company they were just a technology right. company that happen to ha- happen to have you know a wellness or a health product mm-hmm. so all of a sudden I saw digital health companies in kind of two different streams gotcha. so I decided you know if I'm going to work for a healthcare company it has to be the ones that value healthcare professions uh professions mm-hmm. and professionals that they you know adhere to evidence-based guidelines mm-hmm. that this is like the core of their values and identity um mm-hmm. And that's where I want to be and where I want to work for. So that led me to getting, you know, a position actually at a small startup. So it was called Quinoa and it was a a mobile food application created for dietitians by dietitians. And it's funny enough, Alexis, I think that's where we first connected. Yeah. And this was like three years ago Mm -hmm. or so. Um, Maybe for the audience, we can explain that just really. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was working at Loblaw and we were looking at innovative ways to help our dietitians help customers more effectively. So we were uh, hearing from different vendors in the space of like taking photos of food for food, collecting food records. And yeah, Quinoa was one of the companies that we, uh, and I met you there. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah. And it's such a cool full circle moment, but I think that's where I was like, that's also where a light bulb kind of went off in my head when I was working at Quinoa. And then also I met you and I was like, oh, wait, there are other, you know, dietitians, like Mm. healthcare professionals that are working in kind of these corporate spaces. And like, look how great this is. Like, you know, there's experts in nutrition that are working on this technology platform that Mm. are now helping, you know, dietitians in, you know, at Loblaws and retail food grocery stores now increase the impact that their dietitians have on the population. You know, it's kind of cool to see that come full circle. Um, And that's, I guess, like where I decided that this was like 100% what I wanted to do. So I was doing a lot of sales and marketing strategies for quinoa and I just Mm -hmm. loved it. I was like, finally, I feel like I've found the right application of my knowledge. And like, it's still like challenging. It's still you know, you have to stay up to date on, you know, all of your continuing education. You need to understand the challenges that you're trying to solve for, mm-hmm. you know, consumers um, through, again, nutrition, healthcare. Yeah. And, and that's where that education comes in. So again, that's kind of where it was really pivotal. It like really solidified. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a dietitian first and foremost, but work with health technology companies. And not just any health technology companies, those that really value, again, 
evidence-based practices um, and, you know, the opinion and expertise of healthcare professionals. So that's yeah. what led me to my kind of my current uh, role in my current position. And um, I'm really grateful for like everything that happened and the way it did, or else I don't think I would be so, you know, strong or like so confident in what I want to do if I didn't mm -hmm. go through kind of all these experiences. So, yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of great advice there, or just great tidbits around like putting yourself out there, learning the companies so that you mm -hmm. kind of understand their business model. That's something I talk a lot about the need to really understand a company before you go and interview with them um, before you even pursue them. Cause like you said, like not, not every company in this space is one that you would really want to get behind. So that's a very interesting tip. I think that any health professional can definitely look at. Um, so what do you think like kind of helped you along this journey um, the most or what kind of, what kind of things were helpful? Yeah, I think there's kind of two things. So if I think of like the experience that I did before, you know, kind of, I started my professional career and then also, you know, during that time as well. So if I think of, you know, during my undergraduate kind of experience, I was really focused on kind of, I don't think I realized it on the time, but like the leadership skills that I gained with some of the extracurriculars I was doing translated really mm. well in the corporate world, which I wasn't really expecting. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I was like really involved on like campus with like networking events with organizations. And, um, I just kind of didn't realize how some of these leadership skills, like managing a team, or maybe you're doing an event on campus and you have to promote it, promote it. And you have to sell tickets. You know, mm -hmm. how are you going to do that? There's a lot of skills that translate with, which then helped me make my case for getting that first position. It's like, oh, I do have some of this, you know, business management experience because of these extra kind yeah. of things I was doing on the side. And that, that also helped me try to build my network too, when mm -hmm. I was in school. And also when I was then going out to try to get my, get my first job. So that like, that definitely really helped. And so whether or not you're in school or not, there's still always opportunities to be involved in, you know, mm -hmm. networking groups, even like yours as well. Like that's a, a big help as well. Um, and seeking, you know, kind of those leadership opportunities if you can. But then I think another thing that really helped me and kind of kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier is I just had to really stay like focused on like what I wanted. Like when mm -hmm. there's so many options for you as a dietitian, it can start to become overwhelming. You're like, wait, like, am I making the wrong choice by not going into clinical, by not right. going into research, by not maybe, I don't know, getting an advanced degree and becoming mm -hmm. a PhD researcher it can be kind of distracting. And like, you see a lot of your peers like excelling or taking those, like those, you know, those, those paths. And it's not like they put any pressure on me as more me putting pressure yeah. on myself. So I was like, okay, I, I, to be successful, I just need to focus on what I'm good at and just try to get really, really good mm -hmm. at that and stay true to my interests. And this will help me along my way. So I'm yeah. glad, I, glad I did, but it was, yeah, it wasn't always easy to, you know, to know if I was on the right path or not. I think that's really a great tip. And it's incredible that you were able to find that focus quite early on in your career. I really admire that. I think that's something I've personally always struggled with a bit is focus. Um, I'm always, you know, dabbling in a lot of different things, but I think there's a lot of value in 
kind of keeping that, that area that you're really interested in and learning and networking with such a focus that it helps you just find those opportunities that maybe wouldn't normally exist if you weren't really, you know, pulling off the layers to see what's there. Um, I also really appreciated you talking about the leadership experience that you got through non-traditional channels. That's something I really encourage clients to reflect on is what are other ways you can get that experience? Like you said, through like university committees, um, events, running events, things like that, like that all really helps you um, have experience and examples to talk about when you do go to, you know, maybe apply for a leadership role that you don't have um, specific job manager experience in. So that, mm -hmm. that's a really great tip. Um, anything like in terms of skills that you feel like you've learned so far along the way, what have been some of those top skills? So the way I was, I'm kind of like thinking about skills is like, and I think this is again, in the spirit of like those that are listening and like this being healthcare professionals is that we already have so many amazing skills that we mm -hmm. learn that we're practicing that just need to be translated into you know the the corporate world so I think it was like understanding like what do I have and of course always iterating and building on those but how can I make that make sense in the roles when I'm not working with patients one-on-one -on -one? yeah so I think like one that I really had to I guess learn more and like appreciate is like active listening and those counseling skills mm -hmm. like you know when we're learning that kind of in school and it's you know when you first go and see a patient you're not just going to dump all of your knowledge on them right away and mm -hmm. say, this is exactly what you need. You're always going to take the time to say, Hey, what, like, what brings you in here? You know, how can I be helpful? Mm -hmm. And the same things applies, you know, when you're working with a client or mm -hmm. with a prospect, you know, it's always like, Hey, like, um, what brings you in? How can I be helpful? And I find that that really translates really well. And that's a skill that I to like continue to build on, but it's one that I knew of that I knew I had. Yeah. I just haven't seen it, mm -hmm. I guess, manifest itself when you're not working in clinical one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so it's, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's really fascinating. I think that kind of solidifies like two things I teach about one being that motivational interviewing is very similar to coaching. Um, mm -hmm. So when you're counseling with the MI skills um, with patients, that actually translates really well to leadership. Uh, if you have team members that you're managing using the same approach to, you know, active listening and um, not always jumping to give advice, you know, helping people problem solve like that is so similar. That was one of my big learnings as I started taking more leadership coaches. I'm like, or courses, I'm like, this is really familiar. Right. I feel like I've learned this. And also um, similarly with um, communication, right? Like learning how to communicate effectively though that can be, you don't want to overload people with information, but you also don't want to do that in a business setting either. Um, you have to have your key messages and be concise. So yeah, those are really interesting. I love the transferability of how mm -hmm. you, you, it, you realize that and you were able to capitalize on that. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I think the piece that you mentioned too, about communication is, is so key. Like when you're working in a corporate setting, it's again, it's all about working with people, you know, and working in teams and like problem solving. So those skills that you learn with communication, they go a long way. And mm -hmm. the one that I always think of that I think actually healthcare professionals are really well positioned 
is knowledge translation. So making mm-hmm. things that are really complex, simple, you yeah. know, and that really helps when you're trying to convey your ideas or your solutions or even in sales too, because I do work in sales. I work with our sales team a lot. It's how can you take a really complex problem and all the different solutions that someone could choose from and translate that into something that's really simple and, and conveys value. And like, there's almost like one example that I that I think of, like when you're meeting with a patient, let's say in a clinical perspective, and this patient has uh, type two diabetes and you know that to help them, you know, solve their challenge is that they should eat more fiber. The way that yeah. we explain that to patients, we're not saying like, oh, you need to intake your fiber, like increase your intake of fiber so you can reduce postprandial glucose and like decrease gastric emptying. And they're, that's <laughs> going to go like, so over their head, yeah. be like, what? like, okay, I'm probably not going to do that. But instead it's like, we, we know what it does, you know, but we tell the patient, Hey, just try to eat more, you know, vegetables, then you're going to be able to maybe reduce your medication intake. You know, like we have mm-hmm. a good way of filtering out yeah. the details to convey the value. And I think it's something that's really underrated. And I've been like, it's been fascinating, like applying that in in different settings and just trying to make things simple for for everyone to understand. Yeah, absolutely. I think it also makes me think about um, like true customer centricity, right? So that's a Mm -hmm. business term that gets thrown around. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means. And, you know, obviously I studied a bit and then I thought this is exactly the same as providing patient centered care. So patient-centered care being like taking into account the knowledge level of the patient and, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what are the factors in their life and how do you adapt your care plan with all those things to consider? Very similar in a business setting to thinking about how do I solve a customer's problem? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're taking into account their situation. So yeah, I love this area of transferable skills. I think you're definitely onto something with leveraging all the ones that you've learned. So I highly encourage that. Um, Absolutely. It's so fascinating. Yeah. It's something that it was probably one of the biggest surprises to me, like seeing that trans the transferable skills, seeing that, how it can apply. And yeah, what you said with patient centricity and and again, customer centricity is I'll say what kind of one last piece. And this is again, something that I've noticed is that it's not so much about how much, you know, and like how much of an expert you are, it's more how much do you understand, you know, your client's needs. And yes. that's so, that's exactly what you do with patients. Mm-hmm. Like that's, 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 you have to be able to do that. So if you can do that today, then you can do that, of course, with others and with, with clients. So it's just, a, it's like a human skill. That's, I think, yeah. so important too. Oh, that's great. I think these can be really empowering to people that maybe don't feel like they know enough about business to just think of how their current skills can really translate. So thank you for let's like, I think that was a great conversation highlighting a few of those. Um, what would you say have been your biggest kind of challenges um, in, in your journey so far? I think um, kind of, as I walked through, you know, kind of my, my journey, something I touched on a lot is there was always like not knowing like what that next step was like, that was always a bit of a challenge. And then, but also even when I did, there was a little bit of a, almost like a, not a, not a pushback, but when I was trying to make that transition from clinical to business, sometimes I would be 
questioned almost by hiring managers. They're like, wait, are you serious about this? Like, Mm. are you, or are you just going to go back to a clinical position after? Like, they really want to know that you're dedicated to that. And so uh, kind of that being said, I think the work that you do is really, really important because it focuses on that transitional period, you know, like Mm -hmm. not just again, getting, selling yourself, but then also how do you kind of, I guess, make that long-term plan or how do you convey that when you're trying Mm -hmm. to get a first job that's in a bit of a career transition? So yeah, I did, I did receive some like hard questions and yeah. yeah, And I was like, kind of caught off guard. I was like, wait, but isn't this just a healthcare, again, a digital healthcare company I've worked in the physical world. Like what's the, what's the big deal? So yeah, that was, it was really interesting and, and a bit challenging there for sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you were able to kind of navigate it, which is, which is pretty awesome, but yeah, it can be, I think that's part of it too, is helping companies understand how they can benefit from having health professionals working for them and helping them understand these transferable skills too. Like we have to kind of make that obvious to them and it might not always be like, they might not think, oh, like hiring a dietitian or working on a digital health app. Why would I do that? Why wouldn't I hire like a, a program, a product manager, someone with extensive product management experience. So I think it is really looking at, um, you know, how can we help those companies see the value as well? And that's definitely one of the things we try to do um, Mm -hmm. in business skills, uh, for health professionals. But if you could really give any advice to someone who is even further back in their career, like starting out, um, or maybe somebody that's been in clinical for like 10, 15 years, that just is like, I need a change. I feel like I want to have a bit more career growth opportunity. Um, what would be that advice? Yeah, I think it always starts with just like, knowing that you're not alone you know like you're not the only one that that feels this way like it's not bad or weird to feel like you want to transition that you want to challenge yourself in a different way and I think like it's always connecting with like-minded individuals like Mm -hmm. people that have gone through it or that are thinking of it so um whether that's a conversation with with you with me you know through your your network as well I think that's like the first place to start Um, and that was also, you know, definitely something that I, that I did like tried to network on LinkedIn and I would put Mm -hmm. in keywords like science background or healthcare background Mm -hmm. and technology. And I did find a couple people and I spoke to them. That was like one kind of one thing that really helped me. And then I think the other thing is we already like talked, talked about this, but I think it's normal to feel like very imposter syndrome or really like overwhelming of like, oh my gosh, like there's no way I know enough about business or technology or this corporate side of the industry that I want to work in. But as we just kind of spoke about, like you already have the skills, it's like being really confident in the value that you have and that you can provide to an organization and not like feeling any less because Mm -hmm. you haven't worked in a business environment like you bring this entire new set of skills that are transferable but also perspective that's so invaluable and it you you should be at an advantage in in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and and it's you know should give you the confidence that you know there is a need for this and 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 it's uh an exciting kind of yeah in my opinion so yeah I think that's an interesting one the imposter syndrome I certainly experienced that 
I would say the biggest area I experienced, it was in finance, um, Mm -hmm. just feeling really like a fish out of water. And I think one of the things that really helped me was just remembering that, you know, that's not my area of expertise and there's people here to support me on that journey. And I just need to ask a lot of questions and be very curious, just like as a scientist, you bring that curiosity to, you know, maybe like a research setting or, you know, exploring different ways to help patients you kind of have to bring that into the business world and don't feel concern over asking quote unquote dumb questions. Like just ask them straightforward and that will be the best way you can learn and grow. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to consider like early on. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just being curious and being yourself and and asking questions. I also think it's like with business, it's not like one or the other. It's like you learn from like your business colleagues and they make you better and then also vice versa. And it's just kind of that like yin, yin and yang, maybe that happens in those healthcare. Yeah. Companies. So it can be very yeah, really like cool. reciprocal, right? You mm-hmm. learn about finance and then the finance person asks you like, how do I increase my fiber? <laughs> like that happened all <laughs> the time go. to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's like a two-way street that you can really take advantage of. That's an awesome yeah. one. Yeah, I love that. It's so funny. Well, Kristen, what are some of your personal development goals for the next little while? Do you have anything on your radar? So when we say personal development, that's like personal or professional or, or not. Yeah, professional, I guess. Yeah. I think maybe professionally, honestly, one of them is to actually network a little bit more. So it's yeah. sometimes something that I do a lot more like internally, you know, a mm-hmm. dialogue at my at my current employer, but you know, externally, sometimes there isn't, you know, a lot of people that have the same, I guess, industry or like that kind of experience, which I'm, which is something that I'm really happy that I connected with you about. And then um, another, another piece as well is, is learning more, a little bit more about kind of public health um, initiatives and how that relates to health technology. So I think there's Mm -hmm. a big trend that's going on right now when it comes to prevention, so is there kind of an opportunity for health companies to take a role in um, yeah. some of the preventative spaces? So that's a little bit niche. That's more of like a, uh, something that I'm working on, but yeah, I'm always yeah. just kind of curious and and doing some research and just kind of looking into that area. So trying to stay on top of that. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. those are some good ones. I think it's easy when you get into a company that you're really happy with to forego networking externally mm-hmm. and if I can look back and say, that's one thing I sort of wished I'd done a bit more of. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing that was valuable about working for a large company is that you end up building a network because everyone moves on to different companies. So now you do have Mm -hmm. a broader network, but I think there is still a lot of value in, um, networking outside of your company and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like maybe just set up like one coffee chat a quarter or a month whatever's like reasonable for you. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good tip. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with our audience? Not too much. I think we covered a lot. Um, But I think, again, like maybe one piece is when you're going, or I still feel this way, like when you go through these like transitions, it's like, I think what makes, you know, you unique and special is the experience that you bring and always like, trying to keep that identity as, mm-hmm. you know, a healthcare professional first, you know, that's helping a business like solve their challenges has been really 
mm-hmm. helpful. And I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but again, sometimes you might experience that a bit of an identity or like imposter. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just like always coming back to, you know, what, what are my strengths? And it's like, what's my identity? And it's, you know, this knowledge that's being trans translated in a different way. And it might kind of help with that. Some of those feelings. Yeah. I think one of the things that helps me when I'm feeling like, Oh, am I just like a business person now? I'm not really in health is like, no, I think what is really valuable about having people in health, uh, healthcare backgrounds in businesses is it pushes them to do better, to -hmm. make, you know, more evidence-based programs and services and products. And I saw that firsthand and I'm, I'm going to guess that you see that a lot as well. Mm -hmm. And that is a big motivator to me because I know that if they didn't have someone with the right, you know, background, maybe that the products wouldn't be as, you know, as, as good. So I think there's a lot of value in having healthcare professionals in companies for that reason. So exactly. I couldn't agree more, you know, cause if it's not you that's in those conversations that has all that expertise in that background, then who is it going to be, you know? Yeah. So I think for it's, sure. yeah, it's, it's absolutely something to stay true to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for sharing all of your, uh, your journey with us and your tips. So I really hope everyone enjoyed hearing from Kristen today, and maybe you're feeling a bit inspired. Um, if you want to engage more with our community, please join our Facebook group. I'm going to link it in the show notes, um, but it's called the Business Skills for Health Professionals Community. Uh, it's a private Facebook group. Um, We also have a brand new Beyond Clinical Career Transition program, uh, and that you can learn more by visiting our website, which is www.bizskillsforhps.com and checking out the services that we have on offer there. So thank you everyone for listening. And thanks again, Kristen. I hope everyone has a great rest of your day.